Hey, true Canadian racing fans. Do you want to go fast? Do you want to feel the rush of high-speed competition with a chance to even win some prize money? Hey, it's the Bun Boys here from the Stickers and Scuffs podcast, and we want to tell you about Valhalla Mobile. Valhalla Mobile is a state-of-the-art, traveling, high-end PC gaming service featuring their very own blazing fast Starlink internet. Valhalla Mobile serves the Six Nations on the Grand River, Hamilton, Bradford areas. Valhalla Mobile brings two full racing sim rigs with iRacing and a great selection of current racing games and simulations. Valhalla also offers first-person shooter games and games for the younger gamers and your family too. And check out Valhalla Mobile at Oshuiken Speedway every Friday night in racing season. You can enter and participate in hot lap challenges on the sim rigs and take home some prize money. Search Valhalla Mobile on Facebook, give them a like, and set up your own gaming event with owner TJ Martin today. It's a great idea for birthday parties. For a truly unique and high-end gaming experience, go mobile with Valhalla Mobile. friends welcome back to the stickers and scuffs podcast cam k great and bun and our good friend from tsn and the outlaw midget series dave bradley returns to the show david has been a hot minute since you've been on the show welcome back it really has thanks very much for having me guys my pleasure well we couldn't end the season without talking with you because you've been uh really you've been a really busy guy uh, obviously you're doing the the races for the nascar pinty series but once again I'm competing in the Outlaw Midget Series, and and I feel um, a little out of whack here. I'm I'm surrounded by Outlaw Midget racers that have competed <laughs> in the division. So, um, for my for my own knowledge here, Dave, what is different between an Outlaw Midget and the Can Am Midgets? Um, there's actually there's a ton of differences oh, really? between the two cars. Yeah, there is. It may not look it from the outside, but um, when you really get down to the nitty gritty, uh, the, the main difference, of course, is suspension versus non-suspension. So the outlaw midgets are really an entry level class getting into oval track midget car racing. Uh, they're, they're called a flat bottom because they have no suspension at all. So essentially they're a go-kart with a roll cage. Um, as I always say, when you age, you get a cage, right? So when you tip <laughs> yeah. over, if you tip over, at least you have some protection, but it does have all the safety features of, of any sort of big car. But uh, also the TQ Midgets run a bigger engine. They run a motorcycle engine, uh, 750 cc's, I believe. Um, and we run a 440 cc snowmobile engine with a, a CVT drive. So essentially what you see in a snowmobile comes out of that, goes onto our race car and we go racing. Uh, with some tweaks of course the the uh, rule book is is a little bit open in that um so you can you can make some changes and, and make some power but essentially when you get the car dialed in and when you get confidence as a driver you can turn lap times i mean we we just finished up at sunset speedway for day one of the velocity unfortunately day two got rained out but 
uh, we were turning laptops comparable to a super stock at a fraction of the cost, if you think about it. So, you know, a tenth of what you would spend on a, on a super stock, you could spend on, a, on an outlaw midget and come out and race and have a lot of fun. You guys, uh, Bradley Brothers Racing, tell us a little bit about it. How long uh, have you guys been going at it? And, uh, and how have you built your program up over the years, Dave? been about nine years now and i know that because my son is nine years old so uh i got it right when my wife was pregnant and i and i think she probably made a mistake when she was pregnant she's like you got to get one of these and i'm like you'll regret saying that i, I guarantee it so yeah we've been at it for nine so originally um because i was doing pinty series stuff um we split the driving duties between my brother and i so when i was able to i would get in the car and then he would drive it uh, every other time but it we found it very difficult sort of changing setups up and we we both have different driving styles and things like that so we could never really get there we were always sort of you know fifth sixth that sort of finish and then uh yeah so once he could focus on his own setup then he started winning races and then uh, we found another car actually um came up somebody was getting out and wanted to get rid of it fairly quickly so reasonably priced did a lot of work on it and uh sort of made it our own and uh that's the one that I drive now. So yeah, it's, it's suited to me and uh, his is suited to him. And we just came off a one, two finish for the first time ever at, uh, at sunset for velocity. So for a big race like that to finish one, two was really, really cool. My folks were in the stands. My wife was in the stands. My, my kids were there too. Uh, it was really cool to have the whole family there and, uh, and everybody to, to join us in victory lane. It was a, it was a pretty cool moment for sure. I'm glad you touched on that. Cause that's something I wanted to speak to. Uh, in the, the limited experience I had in the series is just, it is, you, the whole fam comes and, and they're helping and chipping in in any way that they can. And if they're not, they're just there for the support. And then when it comes race time, they're out in the stands cheering you on. I mean, that's, that was the first time I got to feel that feeling in terms of being on the other side of the fence and on the track. But I mean, that's, it's such a good feeling having that. And also you're not breaking the bank doing it too. <laughs> exactly. It is a club. And, uh, and we like to say that, I mean, it's uh, it very much a club atmosphere. Um, sometimes we'll have potluck dinners after the races. Uh, just everybody, you know, we'll, we'll post a, a thing on Facebook and say, what are you bringing? And everybody mm -hmm. will bring a dish after the races and we'll have a little party afterwards. Uh, so it is a lot of fun and you're right. Anytime somebody breaks, you know, that you could be the, the toughest of competitors on the track, but that person will be right over and saying, what do you need? You know, the people with a welder in their, in their trailer will come out and say, do you need something buzzed together? We can fix it up and get you back out on the track. Because ultimately, I mean, the, the club and the series wants to put on a good show for the fans, for our sponsors. I mean, we've got Canadian Tire of Innisfil who's been backing us now for a few years um and you know we want to show the fans what we can do as a club and we can put on some pretty darn good races i mean unfortunately yeah. sometimes you get some mishaps on track because you do get some close racing it is open yeah. wheel competition and things happen mm -hmm. but uh I, I mean ultimately if you can you know if you turn a, a 15 second like i did a 15 flat at peterborough earlier this year which is which is a pretty quick time and it's it's pretty fun to see when you've got a, a grouping of cars and they're all doing that and they're dicing inside outside looking for room uh, around each other it's a pretty cool series to be a part of that's like when you got uh, yeah you weren't there uh, uh the peterborough race that i ran but i mean when yeah 
you guys on the lead lap are, are flying around and like, yeah, hitting your marks and got those things singing, man, those things are flogging it around. I mean, it's, it's impressive to watch and it's, it's cool how like there isn't a ton of adjustability in those cars yet. You can make gains. Yeah, you really can. So you can adjust wedge. Essentially mm -hmm. you're tweaking the chassis, right? So right. you're, you're yeah, taking there's no a spin suspension. Of a so it's, yeah. Exactly. So you're, you're sort of torquing the chassis. You can move the wheels in and out and that gives you some adjustability. Air pressure is a big thing. You can move your weights mm -hmm. around. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much about it. And oftentimes I'll come off the track and I say, you know, I think there's more in the driver than there is in the car. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I don't want to change too much because I think it's me. Mm -hmm. And so I'll go out and turn some more laps and, and try and get more familiar and, and more comfortable and push myself rather than pushing the car. And when I feel that I've gone too far and it's still not sticking, I'm like, okay, well, let's make a change. Let's see what we can do to make this a little bit better. That's a good mentality, actually. That's good driving. I'll put that in the memory bank. <laughs> <laughs> There's obviously several tracks that you guys go to um, throughout your schedule. Sobble, Peterborough, um, Sunset, Flamborough. Flamborough. Um, I'm going to just because you guys are so low to the ground, you're like right there. Considerable difference between running at those tracks or they all kind of feel the same? Or is it like they say the seat of the pants feeling? Well, I would imagine there's no closer seat of the pants than an outlaw midget. So, in terms of now, your seat's almost tracks, dragging on the ground. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like how much. I guess while you're with going those speeds, turning those corners, how much are you legitimately moving around in there? Or is it uh, not necessarily like you're strapped in, you've got a five point yeah. harness, right? So you're, you are one with the vehicle. Um, but the, the car moves around a lot. Um, it, it breaks tracks and it, it sort of slides out on the back or worst case scenario, it starts to hop. And that's the problem with, with these cars is they get tight. And the back end will actually start to bounce. And that's almost like somebody just beating you on the head for a little while until you back off, get it to settle and you can get going again. So yeah, it's uh, that, that part of it is frustrating when you get to that, that element of the setup, but yeah, we're about an inch and a half off the ground. Um, and that doesn't change, you know, wherever we go, but you, you do find tracks that are, you know, areas that are rough and areas that are smooth and you can hunt around and there are smooth lines around all tracks. And, mm -hmm. you know, a track like Sunset, you think, wow, that track is, is still relatively new. It's going to be very smooth. There are very large <laughs> sections of it that are pretty rough. I mean, there's a huge cahoot going into turn one. You go down the back stretch. If you hit it wrong, there's about three moguls back there. And then through three and four, there's a bump as well. So, um, yeah, it's like you learn all these places. Peterborough is another one where you go into one and there's a there's a giant hole into turn one. The late model guys, they don't feel it. They'll just sort of float <laughs> over it, get back in the gas. We're hunting around for a, for a smooth way around before you can get back in the gas, go down the backstretch. So, yeah, all these different tracks have all their nuances. Um, and, it, and it's I think that's kind of fun, too, to find the quick way around and avoid you know, the holes or the problem areas, and then, you know, just try and trigger a lap. That's a good one. One of the things in racing that is really hard to find. Um, and when, when it does happen is remarkable and really cool to see. And that's when you have a, a woman that absolutely dominates in a series. And we're lucky enough to, I haven't met her yet personally, but she runs her SNS tackle and 
a couple other other names that we want to talk about in the series, but we definitely have to throw out our best wishes to uh, Jessica James, yeah. who is, I don't know how many wind stickers she can fit on that car because there's not a lot of room left, but to it be might start that, slowing her down. <laughs> to be that good in, in one kind of division. But again, as Graydon pointed out, was willing to help him when he had issues. And you look at that and go, that's character, that's heart. Um, she was just involved in a one of the scariest looking wrecks. I've I haven't seen a lot of the outlaw midgets, but I have never seen a wreck like that before. Um, is that type of wreck common first off? And in terms of viciousness, I'm sure you've been in wrecks before. Uh, where does that kind of rank? Oh, um, that's that's yeah. way up there. That's yeah, it's there. it's not a common scene to see okay. a wreck that bad. Um, that was a big one. My my brother was the, if you've seen the video, he's the mm -hmm. orange number 53 under the inside of it. And we had a, a GoPro mounted on the dash too. And so all you could see is just Jessica sort of turning right towards the wall. And as we were sitting on the red flag, he was telling me because I didn't, I was leading at the time. So I didn't see any of this happen. I was like, what happened? And he's like, oh, you know, the two and the eight got together and it was big. And so we're all sort of waiting there to think, you know, hopefully she's all right. But you're right. Um, everything you've heard about Jessica is absolutely true. I mean, she's a fierce competitor. Don't get me wrong. Like she she will go to the front and it's it's only a matter of time before she gets there. But she like in the pits, she's helpful, um, nice, you know, very personable, very. Yeah, very helpful, uh, especially with new drivers. If you're struggling, trying to get your car to run, trying to get it up to speed um and she'll come over and help and, and give you tips yeah absolutely like she'll be right there and uh, willing to grow the club and willing to help the club too so um she's been with the club for a long time and uh, she's always been fast i mean she's got a, a wealth of knowledge behind her as well she's got uh, you know solid solid equipment as well but yeah she's a good person and uh it was it was scary to see a hit like that and i went over and talked to her afterwards and i'm like are you okay and she's like you know I'm not really sure. <laughs> so that's when she decided she probably should go to the hospital and get checked out. But mm -hmm. she did check out okay. She says she'll be back at Flamborough. So we'll be happy to see her back in the field. Absolutely. Sure. Amazing news to hear that she's okay after such a vicious wreck. We've got two other names, obviously. Uh, one, uh, Rob, I, I don't know if he got this name from the club, Hooligan Harrison. No. <laughs> um, He's had that it, one forever. He was <laughs> an old Thunder Car driver. As a matter of fact, when I used to announce at Barry Speedway, he would come and run Barry, and and I remember oh, Hooligan right. well for sure. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, he's he's a great guy too. The and guy's again, a friggin' riot. <laughs> you know, he's, yeah, he's just a a, a walking party. <laughs> he is <laughs> at any time of day. He's having a good time. So not yeah. much uh, not much phases him for sure. But uh, again, another driver just you know always happy to have a chuckle and 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 willing to help out too. And that's that's the same with everybody. I mean, we're just you know if you need help, just ask if you you know sometimes it looks like you might be struggling if you've had a, a major problem you know some sometimes a, a belt breaks or a clutch breaks or something like that then somebody will probably just walk over and see what's going on and then be like you need help you need parts you know and uh so some of us who have been doing it for a long period of time have collected things right you collect mm -hmm. parts spare parts and you got bins in the trailer and stuff like that and it's just like do you have an axle and i'm like i think i have one that'll work for you you know and, so you hand it over for the for the week until they can get a new one. So it yeah, it, very last, much to to keep the show going. Well, the last name that we have is is really new to the series, and this is why I want to touch on our buddy Jason Metcalf. Jason um, 
got a third place uh, at Velocity. So uh, we're, we're very excited for him because what something you had mentioned earlier, Dave, is exactly his scenario. He was desperate to race. Desperate. He's always wanted to race. He wanted to get back racing. And here it is. Mm-hmm. Outlaw Midgets, he's getting that opportunity to race. So you said it's, it's, it's easy, it's cost-effective. If somebody wants to get involved in the Outlaw Midgets, what is their best course of action? Um, we have, we're on social media. So we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. So the best way to do it is to, to message through any of those social media avenues. There are, there are a lot of good cars still out there, still for sale at reasonable prices. And, um, you know, if, if we don't know one on top of mind, we will try and track one down for you because our goal is to get as many people in, in the series as well too. So, so we're working towards that that ultimate goal is to get all these cars that are sitting in barns to get them out on the track and get them racing, you know, if not every week, then every other week. So at least we can have, uh, you know, bring a, a good show to the, uh, to the different tracks that we run at uh, for sure. And, and, and to bring a lot of people as well. So yeah, it, I, I would say the best Avenue is to, to look us up on any of the social medias. It's outlaw midgets. Um, that's pretty much all you have to search in, uh, in anything and you'll find us. And uh, send a quick DM or, or a, a, a private message in any of them, and somebody will get back to you uh, pretty quickly, and we'll find you something, <laughs> some kind of car, you know, that might fit your budget. Um, some of them, you know, might need a little bit of work if you're willing to, if you have mechanical aptitude and, and you, you know, you want to get something at a, at a more reasonable cost. Some of them will be polished, race ready. You know, go to the front. They're, they're, you know, coming off the track as heat race winners or, or podium finishers and they're there for sale so there i know there's one wally wilson has a championship car sitting in the yep. shop that he's trying yep. to get rid of and uh yeah it's a, it's a really good piece with a very solid engine on it so um yeah it's it's available i think you can get a, a second car so two for the price of one i think he's got a second sale, one so. yep yeah, yeah, he does. So it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Have you been Have you been talking to him? <laughs> uh, nothing serious, but I know he does have two cars laying yeah. around there. Oh, Wally's like got you say, cars you never know with Wally. He's got a whole boneyard, and uh, <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah, you never know what's going to be in that trailer when he rolls the door down. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, but yeah, that's that's probably the best way to do it. Yeah. And again, you know, like yeah, uh, you look at the cost of tires for for a big car series, and you're putting in you know tires every other week probably yeah. uh for us we we can run tires three or four nights um our biggest cost is fuel a lot of us still run race gas um we're actually mixing it with um sort of cutting it a little bit so we're, the, the cost is yeah. a little bit more effective mm-hmm. um but yeah if as long as your motor's not completely tuned you know the, the motor that i run is pretty much a stock polaris 440 so um, it doesn't really need race gas. It just does a lot better with temperatures because you have the, the leaded gas and that brings the temperature down. So I don't want to burn it down. I don't want to melt it down. So I'm <laughs> yeah, like, for sure. I run fairly conservative. So yeah, I'm just like, nah, I think I'm okay running, uh, running a little bit well, if cheaper we're fuel. Saying, if we're saying that these are what snowmobile engines you said that were in them, when's the uh, Penty series snowmobile uh invitational <laughs> gonna happen there dave i mean i think you'd give a you have a uh, 
Although Andrew Ranger, I'm pretty sure, is pretty good on us. Yeah. So that might. Yeah, I think he'd be all right. Yeah. So that's it. And the master of segues that I am. There you are. Yeah, I kind of see what you did there. (laughs) Uh, NASCAR Penny Series finale is this week at Delaware Speedway, Dave. Uh, We obviously talk about it a lot on the show. Uh, You are one of the voices with Adam Ross. Adam could not be here tonight, Um, but uh, we've got Dave who's been with the series now since 2007. Mm-hmm. Yes. So oh, man, gee. oh man, has the time <laughs> gone, Dave? Actually, uh, I was with Cascar before that because I got married in yeah. 2007. I was with Cascar for a couple of years before that. So yeah, voice, I, I go back. You go back ways and ways, but you've been the voice with Adam since, well, you have voice with, with Billy. Yeah, started with Billy. Uh, yeah. From 2007 to, oh, geez. 2012 13 maybe yeah i think so <laughs> you kind of been doing yeah, this a long time dave i know it's been a long time i was i was looking back and i'm like man I'm, yeah at, at all the shirts i have in my closet they're all <laughs> <laughs> had to break one out just for you tonight too perfect yeah. <laughs> i love it i love it so we've got to ask bud where does this season rank in seasons of uh, the NASCAR Canadian Tire now Penty series. Oh, it's it's top notch. I would say it has to rank upwards the top five. I mean, we don't have the championship battle coming down to the mm-hmm. wires we've seen in past seasons. I mean, yeah. last year was perfect uh, opportunity to see that, and uh, mm-hmm. and you see the drama play out in the last couple races uh, at Delaware last year. But this definitely has to rank up near the top. Just what I have loved about the 2022 season is the parity amongst drivers i mean you go into a race and you're you look at the the driver entry list and you're like this is cool you know there's like 12 or 13 drivers who have a realistic shot at winning and then you have you know another five or six who have an off chance at winning if everything goes right for them or you know scenarios play out in different ways so i mean it it is just a wonderful season that has been playing out and it's just the buzz around the series has been the highest it's i think the highest i've seen ever realistically coming out of covid it was just yeah. like everybody wanted to be a part of this series mm-hmm. everybody want all the tracks are asking for the series want them back they want dates um and it's just the excitement level is is right up there so i think it definitely has to rank upwards in the in the top five for sure collectively i mean for the fan base too We got to come back last year, but this year was business as usual, like fully touring, going out east, way out east and going out west and the camping and everything was just, like I say, business as usual. So I think that also helps the the feel of the season. Not only do we have, as you say, it's almost atypical for the Pinty Series to have the championship decided, but when you look at the collective, the body of work that is this season, it's been pretty great to watch. Yeah, it really has. And that was something that came out of GP3R. And you guys know that because you were there, right? For sure. But everybody said that it it just, this year hit different than last year. I mean, yeah, we got to hold the race last year, but the fans were sort of limited to their stands. They couldn't (laughs) walk around the paddock area. They couldn't interact with the drivers. And it just wasn't really the same because the beauty of GP3R is GP3R. I mean, yeah. it is just a scene unlike any other. And I, I've told 
anybody, even if you don't follow asphalt racing, even if you hate stock cars um, and say they don't belong on street circuits, I'm like, you need to go to GP3R. You need to see that event and how it plays out and how the city just gets behind it 100%. It is, it is an event like any other. It's a party. I mean, with a race in the middle. <laughs> literally um, yeah it really was. so it, it was cool and that was that's the beauty of, of 2022 and we saw it at ctmp i mean the campgrounds were full again um and then you see it at other tracks too i mean you go to newfoundland and and how the communities got behind the series there and it was just like the circus comes to town and it, like they're everybody's wild-eyed and and just eager to meet everybody involved with it so yeah it was really cool to see sort of a a normal uh here in 2022 with the series just uh, amazing storylines to to go with GP3R2. I mean, although it didn't work out great for Jacques Villeneuve, I mean, we had that storyline alone, having an F1 champion coming home to to run in the Pinty series. Um, and the Dumoulin brothers is always being <laughs> a threat. And that weekend, the news dropped that uh, Tony Spateri took uh, a pretty uh, awesome new position with the series. So it, going into the offseason, not just having – an amazing season that we're having this year, but this off season holds more promise, I think, and maybe more activity than we've seen in recent years. Say, Dave? Yeah, absolutely. And with the marketing background that a guy like Tony Spiteri has, you have to think now we're going from tracks where sometimes the race would be held at, at a certain facility and you wouldn't really see anything. You wouldn't know it was happening until you sort of tripped on it and, and, and you were there Sure, the grandstands are full and everybody's excited, those who are there, but nobody outside of that circle really knew it was happening. And I think it's it's Tony's goal to sort of broaden that appeal. And, and as you saw in Newfoundland, as you saw in GP3R, as you see, you know, as you're leading up to other tracks and other races, I mean, Delaware has done a great job at promoting the Pinty's Fall Brawl that's coming up uh, this coming weekend. So it's just to sort of, get the buzz on those each individual events. And, and I think that's going to take it next level for sure. Um, but, you know, take nothing away from, from Sherry and the job that she's done over the years yeah. as well. She's done a really, a really good job, especially on the competition side, because you look at the competition and look at how close it is on the track. Um, so, you, you know, you take absolutely nothing away from the job that she's done, but it, it just having somebody like Tony to sort of, pick it up from there and then try and take it up to here, I think is, is going to be super exciting. Absolutely. It's one thing to be the series director, but then to have to do all the marketing aspect of it as well. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's a job that none of us would, would probably want no. because it's, it's, it's a lot of work. Realistically a full-time job in itself. That yeah. well, It's almost, it's two full-time jobs. It, right? Yeah. Essentially. So, yeah. A lot of people in the industry have, day jobs too so i mean <laughs> you're you're asking basically one person to maybe wear three different hats professionally which is a tall task and and yes to your point while well, we're saying um great job i mean what the series has become on sherry putnam's done on her watch is uh nothing short of admirable and she's done a great yeah. job for the series and we can't thank her enough for all that she's done for us Absolutely. and and for the nascar pinty series as as a whole we say a girl boss i mean yeah the fact that she had to lead a bunch of uh, moms know how to do it. Man. <laughs> <laughs> she had to lead lead a bunch of drivers and teams that are a bunch of old grumpy guys, like, uh, like herding cats. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much, right? And the th the one thing is, COVID happened. Mm -hmm. 
and she led through it. It, yeah. it we made it out, and I think we could say for the better. It yeah. was looking it was looking a little bleak in 2020. But yeah. we came out of that and it's looking even stronger and stronger. I'm going to I'm going to ask you Dave. Obviously we know the championship is pretty well decided this year, but for you what was the storyline across all the 10 13 events that we've had that we will have had um obviously fans being back, crowds being back, but you know, names coming back, seeing our Brian Cathcarts come back to the series and run, seeing the, the battles between him, Wallace Stacy, and Glenn Styers towards the back of the field's actually been a source of fun, I think. The for, race within the race. The man. race yeah, for sure. Race. <laughs> and um, they said it was somebody threw it out at the beginning. I think Dexter threw it out before it was the Gillette Young Guns, but he had Glenn, Wallace, <laughs> and Brian all together, which I thought was hilarious. But uh, what for you has been the biggest storyline this year? I, I would have to point to that team on the top of the point standings, the 96 GM High A team of Mark Antoine Cameron. So that's a brand new team. And, and you never see a brand new team come into the series and do as well as they have everywhere. You know, you expect Mark to be great on road courses mm -hmm. as a driver. And, uh, you know, he'll hit gold on setup sometimes on, on a short oval like he did at St. Estash, picking up a win there earlier in his career. But um, consistency wasn't his thing, especially on ovals. He showed signs of speed, but he was never quite there right at the end when he needed to be. This year, he's there. He's there each and every week. And just when you think there's no way they can maintain that pace, they maintain that pace and then they exceed it. So that to me is is got to be the surprise of the season has to be the storyline of 2022 is just the sheer power. I'm not going to say dominance because it wasn't a dominant season. I mean, other drivers reach victory lane. Kevin Lacroix did it yep. three times. He was so good on the road and street circuits. Um, you know, you had Trayton Lapsovich uh, visiting victory lane a couple of times as well. So yeah, there was other drivers who had really, really good seasons. It's just the sheer consistency and, and the power of that number 96 GM Pie team um, to always be there for a first-year team, it's scary what you can think, what they're going to do next year, year two, year three, year four, maybe year five, if they stay together, if that core stays together, um, you know, that, that could be some team to watch in the future for sure. Absolutely. And a guy like J.C. Pie emulates a guy like Rick Hendrick. I mean, that spells... That's Maybe some bad wants. news for the competition. I mean, that's what he wants to he, be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's the passion that uh, he's bringing to his team. It obviously trickles down to everyone that works with JC and, and Pie racing, because it sure looks like they're, they're in it for the long haul and they're, they're trying to build a dynasty here. <laughs> yeah. And that's exciting for the fans, isn't it? I mean, to know that they're committed to the series uh, for the long haul and potentially adding other players into the series as well around that sort of the, the key marker that is Mark Antoine Cameron um, and, and building out from that. I think that's mm -hmm. super exciting and fantastic to see for the series. And, and for young drivers too, it gives them an option when they're coming up too, because, you know, some of the drivers are looking like, well, you know, I'm running a late model and I don't necessarily have the money to just go out and straight up buy a Pinty series car. And you're, you're great. You can go to, McCauley, you can go to White Motorsports, you can buy the car, but you're not buying the experience that comes with setting it up. 
And that's, that's a difficult animal in itself. So what Pie has done with Robin McCluskey um, in, in building chassis there and, and, you know, that comes with the experience. It comes with the setup and everything else. So if he does branch out the way he sort of wants to do, it gives another sort of step in the ladder for a young driver, maybe somebody out of Quebec, maybe somebody in the late model series in Quebec to, to step up like, a, you know, an Alex LeBay or an Alex Gannett uh, has done in the past. It's dangerous, as you said, and we've talked about this. I mean, Graydon and I had this conversation um, because we know Andrew Ranger would not be in the series if not for J.C. Pae. That's the reality of the situation. And he ran cars out of WMI this year, but can you imagine if all of a sudden he starts running a Pae chassis? Oh, boy. <laughs> Things will be very interesting because now we're going to have Andrew Ranger in the same equipment and – I, I don't know what the total, but I think Mark Antoine Cameron has led around 600 laps this year. And that's nuts in this series. No one even close to the same level. Dave Bradley, of course, leads laps each and every week for TSN for us as part of the, the lead broadcast with Adam Ross. Dave, um, thank you for coming on, talking about the Outlaw Midget Series. Obviously, um, you guys aren't done yet. I believe you got one more weekend, correct? We got two more. Two yeah, more, so yeah. we had Flamborough for Frostfest on the second, and uh, then Fall Colors wraps things up at Peterborough, yeah. All right. So make sure you guys go out there, go follow the Outlaw Midgets. Uh, Green, what do you have to say for our man, uh, Dave Bradley? Oh, man, Dave, it's, uh, as always, a good, uh, good time when you pop by, and uh, it's been a while. We won't make it so long next time, but... Uh, Man, we uh, we got to hang out with you in Quebec a little bit, and um, hopefully we'll cross paths at uh, one of those outlaw midget race one day. And uh, thanks as always, man. It's yeah, always a good fantastic. time. Fantastic. I will I will see you guys at Delaware. I'll come and uh, come and seek you guys out. Say hello for <laughs> sure. But thanks any anytime you you want to guess. I didn't my, just uh, flip you off there. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we should leave it at that. Thank you all for tuning in to the Stickers and Scuffs podcast. We'll catch you all next week.